been rooted in Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 46. And so I wanna remind you what we focused on last Sunday. Um, Acts two forty three says, and awe came upon every soul. Awe, that's a sense of wonder. It's the fear of the Lord. That's, that's what that word means. Awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And then we move forward a little bit, still in early church history here, but a little bit forward into Acts after they've gone through a lot of different experiences together and the church is growing, it's also experienced persecution. We see that God's work has not stopped. In fact, it has continued on. And so in Acts 9.31, we see, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace, had unity and was built up and was walking in the fear of the Lord. Awe, that's the same thing, fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit and it multiplied. Lord Jesus, would you come and be our guide this morning? Jesus, I will acknowledge that for much of my life, I've doubted what you said when you said it was better for us that you return to the Father. I've doubted that. Jesus, I've wanted so many times for you to be right here face to face with me in front of me. But Jesus, would you help me? Would you help my friends? God, would you help us to truly believe that it is better for us that you return to the Father so that the Spirit might come. Lord, may we realize that the gift of your Holy Spirit is your presence with us. Jesus, we have all that we need because of the good and perfect gift of our Father in heaven who has given us the Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit, would you come and guide us, teach us, help us to recognize your presence and your activity in our lives. Help us to surrender to you, to cooperate with you. Would you calm our fears? Would you stretch us and grow us where you want us to be empowered by you to see you come and touch the lives of your people and to those that you long to come and be your people? We love you, God. We worship you. Thank you for your presence. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, our text this morning is Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And so I want to read all eight of these verses together, and then we're going to look at three specific things related to experiencing the gifts of the Spirit. Number one, seeing the need. Number two, sharing the gifts. And number three, trusting the the giver. See the need, share the gifts, trust the giver. Here we go. Acts 3, 1 through 8. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth, like as if the miracle that we're about to see wasn't enough, lame from birth. I want you to see that. And he was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Amen. That should produce some excitement. That should produce some joy. God used a smelly fisherman, two of them, partners in a business just catching fish. That's what they'd done their whole lives. And those two guys had experienced the life and power and presence of Jesus that crashed in and changed everything. And then through all of their failures, their shortcomings, their stumbling along the way, God gifted them with his very presence in their lives. And now they truly are fishers of men, just as Jesus had said. So what I wanna talk about this morning is how do we walk in the gifts of the spirit? Now, this is the story we're anchoring on. The gift we see here in this story is the gift of healing. Um, there's a wide range of the gifts of the spirit. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit more as we get into this. Um, but I just wanna talk about how do we walk in the gifts of the spirit? So I, I believe there's kind of three key elements for us to do that, okay? So first of all, number one, we need to see the need. Um, you could just as easily say, and I almost, I almost did say, see the person, see the person. Let's see the need. What, what is the need in front of us, the person in front of us that God wants to touch? And so let's just look at this a little bit closer. Acts three again, just verses one and two. Let's just read these one more time. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Here's what I want you to see. Everyone is going about their daily routine. They're, they're going about normal life. We've already seen just the chapter earlier, the few verses right before this is the description of the church gathering daily. They're going to the temple daily, praying and worshiping God. They're spending time in each other's homes, being rooted in Jesus. And so Peter and John are doing something they've done a bunch of times. This is their daily routine of walking with Jesus and worshiping God. And this guy is going about his daily routine. He's being carried and set where he's always been um, to receive alms. They're all continuing in this regularity. The man that was lame from birth, if, if you skip ahead to Acts 4.22, you can read it on your own. It lets us know he's over 40 years old. Over 40 years old. This is a middle-aged man who has been living like this for a long time. And yet in the midst of the daily routine, notice what happens next. Verse three. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And this, I believe this is the turning point of the whole story right here. And Peter directed his gaze at him. Friends, some of us right there, that's the thing we need to hear this morning. Like we know God's with us and he loves us and when we're in a love relationship with him and he just wants to get our attention to say, hey, Will you see some of the things that I see? Will you have eyes to recognize 
the needs that are around you, the people that are around you? Will you give them your attention? It wasn't just like in the, in the, in the side view over here. Here's just kind of this guy over here. It's like something caught Peter's attention, caught John's attention. They went, this guy right here. They directed their gaze. And so Peter and John both did that and they said, look at us. So they got his attention. Let's make a connection here. You have to know this guy, like he saw them, but like, you know, he's doing his routine, right? Alms for the poor, something like that. He's probably saying just out of his habit, out of his routine. He's probably used to people not directing their gaze at him and just moving right along. Well, these guys direct their gaze. They get his attention. It says he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Friends, we need to understand something. People are looking for help. They're looking for help. They're looking for hope. But I also want to say, I'm implying this into the story, but I, I believe I'm right. They're looking for help, but their expectations are low. The the world has taught us not to expect much. The world has taught us that if we can just kind of scrape by, that'd be nice. Can we just survive? Their expectations are low. This guy was not expecting a miracle. I I, I feel like I'm not just projecting that in. He's not. He's looking for some coins. He's looking for a little cash. His expectations are low. Friends, within our own body, we, this, this happens. This happens in my life. There are times where I know, man, I'm just kind of, I'm needy, I'm hurting, I'm tired. I, I need a little infusion of hope in my life, whatever. And I'm aware of how many times my expectations are low. It's like, I know Jesus. I know what we just sang in the good news. And yet somehow I settle into a less than mentality. And then friends, the world around us that doesn't know him, that's where they live. People are in need. They're looking for help. Their expectations are low. And so friends, the first thing we've got to do is we've got to be aware that our expectations might be low and and we need to ask the Lord to shift that. God, I don't want to walk around like the rest of the world does with low expectations. God, I want to believe that you do good stuff, that, that you give good gifts, that you move miraculously in hearts and lives that you meet needs. So let's just, let's be aware that our expectations aren't set low too. I want you to consider something. This man has been there. He's been being brought there. Maybe he wasn't brought there when he was two or three years old. I don't know if it started when he was five or 10 or what. Let's say 25 to 30 years, day after day after day, he's being carried there and asking for money. I want you to consider something. Jesus walked past this guy. Have you ever thought about that when you've read this story? Like Jesus was on the earth going to the temple while this guy was begging there. Jesus walked past this guy. Also, Peter and John have walked past this guy. This guy is familiar to everyone. In fact, we're not gonna read all of this chapter and the next chapter, but if you go read it, it is clear. The people that frequented the temple, they knew who this guy was. And so I just, I, I just wanna say, you know, setting aside Jesus' motivations for a minute, I, I kind of secretly think he was walking past that guy going, oh, I can't wait. 
I can't wait for the moment Peter and John are gonna have with this guy. Just a couple more years. That last time he walked in the temple, oh, oh, this is the year. It's getting close. I think he was eagerly anticipating Peter and John experience something he got to experience all the time giving away the good gifts, lavishing the love of his father on people in need. He couldn't wait for Peter and John to experience that. But now let's consider everybody else going in and out of the temple. Let's consider Peter and John going in and out of the temple day after day after day. Friends, if we have to worry about having low expectations, I think a lot of it boils down to this right here. I think one of the reasons why we don't, we don't see the need and then therefore see uh, the Holy Spirit operate to move mightily is because of all of the times we haven't seen a miracle. It's so easy to be overwhelmed either by the sheer number of needs that are unmet. It's also easy to become discouraged by unanswered prayers. It would be easy just to go, man, I've been praying for that guy. I've been seeing that guy for 25 years. I've been praying for that miracle for 25 years. I've moved on. I've given up on that one. I'm hopeless. The person needing it maybe has given up and moved on. The people who might be a part of, of experiencing the miracle together have given up and moved on. Friends, it is, it is so easy in our lives when we, when we are so aware of the great need around us and the times where we have prayed and we've experienced unanswered prayer for that to... to for us to get into kind of more an apathetic mindset where it's actually easier just to not even look at the need. I can't look at that anymore because it's just overwhelming or I'm just too discouraged. Let's be careful of that because I think, I think Jesus is doing the same thing with us that I believe he was doing for these guys. He can't wait for those moments where we recognize the need and just, and just take that little step of trust, that little step of faith into the moment. Friends, the, the, point, the point of this whole first point is simply this. Despite whatever our past circumstances, disappointments, whatever, just unfamiliar territory even, whatever our past circumstances, let's be aware of the current opportunity. That's what needs are. Needs are opportunities. God wants to touch people's lives. He loves people. Let's be present and aware of the opportunities of the people that are right in front of us. I believe for many of us, you know, talking about just this issue of experiencing the gifts of the spirit, if we just had that little mindset shift that said, God, I want to be more aware of opportunities that are around me, that it would enable us to, to step in, to pray with people, to encourage people, listen up, I'm gonna get ahead of myself here, but like the gifts are different. Like sometimes somebody needs a gift of encouragement. Like this isn't just about praying and watching a lame person stand up, guys. For some people, like encouragement might save their life. Y'all hear me on that? Like it might save, oh, someone cares. They see me and that thing they shared, it's not just them being nice to me. Like, man, they knew something they couldn't possibly know. Like that is Jesus speaking to them right to this broken need in my heart. If we will open our eyes to the people and opportunity around us, 
we can see the gifts of the Spirit operate through us. There's need. There's need. All right, number two. If number one is see the need, number two is share the gifts. Acts 3, verses 6 and 7 now. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Now, I I think it's worth noting here, Peter recognizes what he doesn't have. He doesn't ignore that. He knows what he doesn't have. He's like, hey, bro, hold on. I hope I didn't get your hopes up there a little too quick. I ain't got no money. <laughs> I'm broke over here. He knew what he didn't have. But see, it's, it's so easy to focus on our lack that we stop right there. I focus on what I don't have. And I stop right there and I feel like the need is too great or I don't have enough faith or I've never seen that happen before. And so we stop at, I know what I don't have. It's okay to acknowledge what we don't have. Peter does. Don't stay there. Where did he so quickly shift? He knew what he did have. He said, hey, I don't have money, but I have Jesus. And he's enough. He's enough. I have Jesus. Friends, I wanna encourage you, when it comes to sharing the gifts, focus on what you have to give. Focus on what you have to give. I wanna give you just a little taste of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse one. One of the main passages in the scripture that lists some of the gifts that we're to be operating in as the body of Christ. Paul opens up this section by simply saying, now, Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. I do not want you to be uninformed. In other words, I want you to be aware of what you have, what you have access to, what's available to you. See, sometimes I think we just don't know what our resources are. We have a limited view of our resources. We were singing about how God's love never runs out. You know what runs out? Time. Time's slipping through my fingers always. And I definitely experience money running out. <laughs> Time runs out. Money runs out. There are limited resources in this physical world. So let's not be unaware of spiritual gifts. Because while the things of this world are temporary, the spirit is eternal. I have unlimited resources because my God is unlimited by space, by time. He has all resources. And so let's not be unaware of what the gifts are. This word uninformed, it means unknown. So like I may just not even know. It means uninformed, it means unknown or ignorant, but it also means to not understand So I might've like heard the list, but I don't really understand how these operate. I haven't taken the time to like, God, would you let it really sink in my heart? What is available to me? How does that, how does that work? What do these mean? Like, have I, have I sat with them? Have I studied them? Have I prayed for, for these things? Because, because understanding involves not just head knowledge. It means I understand how to use it. Like I might have 
a head knowledge of like, there's a hammer hanging in my garage and there's a box of nails over there. But if I don't use those very often, it's gonna look pretty rough when it's time for me to like hang something on the wall. And it's, it's really gonna be rough if I'm trying to like build something from scratch, um, which is always gonna be rough for me. Because you know what? I know what a hammer is and I know what a nail is, but I do not understand how to build things with wood. I mean, I don't understand how to build things, period, but just limiting ourselves to carpentry for a minute. I don't understand. I don't understand. I have information. Like I know how it should work. I know you take measurements and you have a couple of the right tools to cut things correctly, but like, I don't actually know how to get in there and do it. Why? Because I haven't taken knowledge and then began to apply it with experience. That's where understanding comes from. Knowledge and experience. So I may just not know what's available or I might have the list, but it's just as good as a useless hammer hanging on the wall. And instead I need to get in there and start using. And like, here's the beauty of the gifts. Like it's okay if we, if it's messy a little bit. It's okay if I build some really ugly birdhouses or something along the way. Like it's all right. You're gonna learn by getting in there. And so understand. And then the third, the third meaning of this word, it really has a lot of weight to it. It can mean unknown. It can mean not understanding. It can also mean to ignore. To ignore. Oh, I know about it. Maybe I've even used it before, but it's just, it's on the shelf. And I'm tapping into and living by my own natural abilities, my own natural resources and ignoring the power of what is available to me in Jesus. Is this making sense? Y'all with me? So I just want to say some things as directly and honestly as I can. All right. The gifts are for today. The gifts are for today. This isn't something old school that we no longer need. This wasn't just available to the first generation of the church. The gifts are for today. We see it in the life of Jesus. We see it in the life of the disciples. We see it in the early church. We see it in the letters to the church. We have historical evidence of it and current witnesses to it. The gifts are for today. They do not cease. Those who might argue that the gifts are for today, I found this interesting. The people who argue that the gifts aren't for today, I've never heard them argue that the fruit of the Spirit's not for today. I've never heard that argument. The same Spirit that produces fruit in our lives is the same Spirit who gives gifts. He's the same God. Now, I might be able to say I haven't seen the gifts used or I've not seen them used well, or I'm nervous about past experiences or just the unknown, that those are all valid things that you may have walked through and experienced. But the gifts are for today. The spirit wants to produce fruit in our lives and he wants to give gifts. God doesn't change. That's like one of his primary characteristics. And so his spirit produces fruit and it gives gifts. Um, I just wanna pause right here to say, um, and Alex, I hope I'm not committing us to something really difficult in a day or two, but too late, I guess. <laughs> um, here, here's, here's what I'm gonna do. Be, because I can't do it all this morning and because as, as I, I was digging back through some material, I realized, man, we spent three or four weeks on these. Here's what I'm gonna do. In, in my notes, when we post these online, I'm gonna list kind of four main passages in the scripture where you can kind of see the gifts listed. And then we're gonna provide a link 
to a series we did late 2018, early 2019 on the Holy Spirit. There were four specific weeks we spent on the gifts of the Spirit. And I taught through each one, gave examples in the scripture, talked about how they operated, defined them, okay? And so I would just encourage you, if you're in the unknown or not understanding category, go back and chew on that. Take your time with it. It's not like you have to cram it in this week, but like take your time with it. Listen to those. But more than listening to what I'm saying in those sermons, go get into the word of God and then invite the spirit of God to teach you how to live in this stuff. And then guess what? The reason we're in community with one another so we can talk about these things and pray about them together and lean in. And so this is an open invitation for us to engage and discover and grow in the gifts of the spirit, all right? So I just, for the sake of not repeating stuff we've already done, it's there, it's available. We'll link to it maybe on the website and in the e-bulletin this week. Is that, is that too unrealistic? Okay, we got some audio and we got some notes. There you go. All right, um, so share the gifts. Focus on what you have to give. And secondly, I wanna encourage you in this briefly. The second thing that ties in with sharing the gifts, don't focus on yourself. If we're not gonna focus on our lack, let's also not focus on ourselves. See, kind of back to the passage here, it's like, not only did Peter understand what he had, he understood what it was for. Like he, he never said, look what I'm doing. Or after the miracle happens, he doesn't say, look what I did. He was very aware of the person in front of him. Here's the need. And he was very aware of the giver. I'm aware of the need. I'm aware of the giver. I'm just sort of here cooperating, participating. <laughs> I'm paying attention to the need and I'm inviting the God who works miracles to move. See, the gift was for the needy, not for Peter. Like, I think one thing that can hang us up is like, if we get focused on, I, I need the gift or I want the gift, the focus is on me. And then it can be connected with either my pride, like boosting my ego, giving me a sense of identity, I'm the prophet guy or whatever, wearing my name badge, healer over here. Like if it's, if it's focused on me, I'm missing the boat. But also here's the beauty of getting our eyes off of ourselves. It's not just the pride side of things. Also, when, when my eyes are on myself, sometimes the issue is not like, oh, I'm proud and cocky and I got this. I'm more like focused on myself. Like I, I don't got this. I don't got this. I don't have what it takes. And so I, be, I become focused on my inability instead of on his ability, all right? Focus on what you have to give. Don't focus on yourself. Um, I wanna give you an example of this. Um, yeah, we're good. Okay, I wanna give you an example of this real quick. So um, there, was a, there was a moment in my life, I was a youth pastor back in Franklin and there's a young man who'd been in our youth group for years and we, we were close. Me and him were close. Some other uh, some other volunteers and even staff at the church that were just real involved in youth ministry. It's just one of those kids we've walked with for a while. And he's about 17 years old now. And um, his, his mom is a single mom. And he's the only male in the house. He's got a younger sister. And so he's getting ready to turn 17. He's going to high school full time, um, real involved in youth group. And he's realizing like, I need to go get a job to help out with some bills around the house. And they're sharing a car, like him and his mom are sharing the one car they've got. And so I'm just like, I'm just sitting there like, Lord, I, I feel like I wanna do something. I wanna help this kid. 
silver and gold have I none, <laughs> but I want to help this kid. And, and, and just this idea, I felt like the Lord laid out my heart. He needs a car. This kid needs a car. And I'm going, I'm talking to Amy, I'm like, I mean, maybe we could rub a couple pennies together and scrape up like, I think we scraped up like 200 bucks. That was like all we could do. And so I just, I just, I prayed about it. And I just felt like the Lord impressed upon me a few other names of some guys that knew this young man. So I went to him and said, hey guys, here's the idea I've got, but I got no money. I got 200 bucks. It ended up being one of the coolest things I ever participated in because three or four other men said, well, hey, I've got, you know, 500 bucks. I've got this. And then one of them said, hey, there's a guy at our church that like runs a used car dealership. Let's give him a call. And so we give him a call and he goes, oh, here's what I'm gonna do. I'll find a car and I'll sell it to you at cost. So you're gonna get this thing of like, fifth, like half off of what you would have had to have spend. And I wanna contribute some money towards it too. And so between us, we came up with about 2,500 bucks, got a car that was worth almost five grand. And we called this kid out to the church and said, hey, uh, I don't wanna say his name. Hey, c- come on over. Uh, man, we just wanna spend some time with you. And so us men sat in the lobby of the church Unbeknownst to him, the car's outside. The guy from the dealership brought the car out and he brought one of those big old bows that you see on like the car commercials and had it on the car. And we're in the lobby and we're all looking at him. And each of, each of them, and we took time to look him in the eye and say, this is what we see in you. We, we believe in you. We're proud of you. We love you. And we just got to pour into this young man who was fatherless and go, God, God sees you and your faithfulness and your good heart. And we put that key in his hand and he got outside and he had the car and it was like, so they're like, God, like, I didn't, I couldn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't have the money for it. And like, guys, it would have been so easy for me to just stop at, I had the idea and I looked at the bank account and just went, forget it. And just felt bad for the kid. But just, there was that little prompting of like, just talk to a couple of people and the body of Christ got to come together and share in something. And like that kid is married, has kids of his own, is walking with Jesus. Like, and it's not because of that moment. I'm just saying like the things we get to participate and share and simply because we just go, God, my eyes are off me and my inability. And I, I see the person in front of me. That's the other deal. This isn't just some like imaginary scenario of me like wandering around Knoxville, flipping a coin going, oh, that guy. My God, who have you placed right here in front of me? It might be a random person at the grocery store because when we're living with our eyes open, God might go, that person right there. It might be someone you don't know. It might be just living in more awareness of one another. Neighbors, family, friends, and going, God, that person, that need. If nothing else, man, I can pray for them. And then God, because this isn't about me, if you want to, to give me a gift in order to impact a life, great, I'm happy to be a conduit for that. And so that leads us to number three, final point this morning. Most important point, experiencing the gifts of the Spirit requires trusting the giver. Friends, it's never about the gifts. It's about the giver. That's it. The giver does the work and the giver gets the glory. He gets the glory. I'll be honest with you. Like I struggle with whether or not to share this story this morning because my goal wasn't, oh, wasn't that cool that Pastor Jake helped a kid? Like, it's about him. It's about what he does. It's about his great love for people. 
And it's about glory that belongs to him and him alone and not to us. And so we trust the giver. Verses eight through 12. This guy gets miraculously healed and look what happens next. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Praising God. It continues on, verse nine. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they, they were filled with wonder and amazement. Remember where we opened? The church was filled with awe and wonder and amazement. Now the world is getting a glimpse of the miraculous power of God. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11, while he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? Peter didn't use this as an opportunity to launch his Peter's Holiness Tour Miracle Working Ministry team. It wasn't a marketing opportunity. It wasn't an opportunity to do fundraising for the church. It was an opportunity to share the love of God with people in need. This guy's physical need got met. A whole bunch of people's deeper spiritual needs got met. Peter used the opportunity to point to Jesus. He preaches the gospel of Jesus with boldness and conviction. Uh, I just wanna read one verse there, but I would encourage you to read the whole thing. Verse 16, in the midst of him pointing to Jesus, he simply says, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Peter says, how does this miracle happen? Trusting Jesus, that's it. We trusted in the miracle working God and he did this. And the result of that healing, the result of this very practical, real need getting met in that guy's life caused a ripple effect we can't even imagine. Because Acts 4, 4 tells us many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of men came to about 5,000. Now that could either be 5,000 new salvations from that miracle or, you know, one chapter before 3,000 got saved and now it's grown to 5,000. Two people willing to see a need, willing to not look at their own inability, but trust God and his gifts ended up having a ripple effect of thousands of lives. Think about this possibility. I might be here today. You might be here today because the trail goes back to one of those 2,000 people or 5,000 people that saw that miracle and heard the gospel of Jesus and said yes to it. And it might be their faithful life that went from person to person, to person for us to be here today. I don't know for sure if it was from that story, but it was from one of these. People experienced the life-changing presence of Jesus through other people who were willing to say, God, I'll participate. Flawed as I am, limited as I am, broken as I am, I'll participate. And lives are touched.
the giver is glorified. And needy people longing for help, longing for hope, find Jesus. Because we're courageous enough to believe that we can experience the gifts of the presence of God in our lives. I want to close with this quote. It's from John Piper talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, when you read the New Testament honestly, you can't help but get the impression of a big difference from a lot of contemporary Christian experience. For them, the Holy Spirit was a fact of experience. For many Christians today, it is a fact of doctrine. Friends, I want us to be rooted in sound teaching. This morning is not about hearing a message that we can agree with and go home saying, okay, cool, I agree or maybe disagree with the pastor's teaching today about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's not the point. The point is that we would recognize God's presence in the lives of his church, in the lives of us as individuals, and, and he wants his presence to work through us to touch the needs of the body that we are in and to reach a world that is in need. He wants that. God wants us to experience his presence. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Every good and perfect gift. He gives good gifts to his children. In fact, when Jesus talked about the good gifts that his father gives, gave some, some stories, some examples, some parables of that, he then made it really clear, I'm talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. The father longs for us to receive the Spirit's presence in our lives and to get to cooperate, participate, surrender to his activity, that our lives may be touched that the church might experience healing and unity and peace, things we talked about last week, that it might be built up and strengthened and healed along the way, and that the world might know Jesus personally, personally as their Savior, as their Lord. I want that. I want that. I want to live a life where my eyes are open to the people around me, the needs around me. I want to live a life where I get my eyes off of my lack, my inability, or I get too wrapped up in trying to feel better about myself or feeling discouraged about myself. I want to get my eyes off of that and get them on the giver. God, I want you for you. I want to trust you. I want to walk with you. And God, I want to see needs around me and participate with you in seeing people's lives touched because you're the God of healing and of hope that the world needs. Amen? Amen? So Jesus, that. Do that in us. God, we want to be rooted in sound doctrine. We're not setting that aside. We don't want to add things to your word. We also don't want to leave things out of our life that are in your word. We want all that you have for us. But God, we want sound teaching, doctrine, your word, your life, your teachings to penetrate our lives and become part of our experience and not just a part of our head knowledge. God, I pray that we would not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Holy Spirit, that we would be aware of you and your presence in our lives and that you would bring purpose to each day as we walk in prayer 
in worship, as we're aware of needs around us, as we learn more and more, Lord, to look beyond our limitations and to see you in your unlimited resources to touch and change lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.